It is the national championship. College football's greatest game comes to us on Monday night. Georgia against TCU, not the matchup that we expected at the beginning of the season. I don't think anyone anticipated this to be the matchup. We do get the defending national champions trying to take on and trying to hold their crown against a team that was predicted to finish seventh in the Big 12 this season. This should be a great matchup. When you talk say it like that, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a good matchup. It sounds very one-sided, but that is by any means what we're trying to talk about here at Slasher U. TCU has been a very fun football team all season long. Steve and I have really done, a, I think I think we've done a really good job paying attention to them, and I think we got on on track with TCU very early. Really early. And is, that's the thing I'm proudest about is that, that we kind of noticed, we're like, wait a minute, you know, after like, you know, the second or third game, we're like, this is something interesting. So, yeah. And this is, and by no means is this taking anything away from Georgia. Now, Georgia is the defending champions for a reason. We are going to see if we get a back-to-back national champion or if we get a first-time national champion since 1938. This should be a fantastic game on Monday night. We're going to break down the national championship, give you a nice preview, a nice first look, if you will, to get you ready for Monday night. Again, this is going to be a fantastic football game. I'm really looking forward to this one at SoFi Stadium. The craziest thing about that, though, is there's no tailgating there. I saw something passing around throughout the social medias. They're not allowing tailgating at SoFi Stadium for the national championship. That kind of dampers the mood in my mind, uh, but I, I won't go too far into that portion. I'm there, There's my... I'll, I'll bring it out there now. That's there's my disappointment in that portion. But man, Steve, this game is going to be really good. What's your thoughts on this before we really dive deep into it? Uh, you know, the fact that TCU got here uh, it brings me satisfaction. I can only imagine you know, what it means for Horned Frog fans, what it means for you know, obviously the team and the athletic department, the program itself. Uh, I think we're already seeing some benefits for TCU. There's, I think the third Alabama guy in the transfer portal now is committed to TCU. So, you know, we're talking, we're talking, this program is now truly getting uh, some respect from within the industry, certainly with the players themselves. So I think that's terrific. And, um, you know, Georgia just, just doing what they have to do. I mean, may, I probably maybe put too high expectations on them and I was expecting them to be maybe more dominant or more flashy during the year, but they, they just won. And, you know, they're the number one team in the country for a reason now, something that I doubted probably most of the season, but I think they've proven that, that they are, they should be the number one team in the country. I, we've got a great matchup. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I just noticed while we were talking, we're so excited about this that we got a, a basketball background going here instead of a football background. So just going to magically change that as we're talking. So if you're if you're listening uh, or watching on YouTube, just ignore my cool little pictures there. OK, we're good to go. Um, but yeah, um, just because I'm really excited about it. I truly am. This is going to be a really good football game. I want to dig into the coaches a little bit before we start and talk about now we have a cool kind of breakdown i think we're this is going to be a really fun preview if you will for the national champion we're going to each give because you and i both are on different sides of the fences here and we're going to each take a team and we're going to give them three reasons why they we believe they can win this football game we're gonna get to that in just a minute but first i want to talk about the coaches and i feel like uh, even though we have a defending national champion we have a really good coach on that side I feel like we have to start with Sonny Dykes. What he has done for TCU this season 
in his first year for the Horn Frogs. Again, remember, I, and I've talked about this a few times in the ep- uh, on past episodes, and this is already the second time I'm saying it on this one. TCU was predicted to finish seventh in the Big 12 this season. Uh, no one had them even in their radar when they were talking preseason who will win the Big 12. It was it was either Oklahoma, it was Texas, and there was maybe some shades of Baylor here and there. There was no TCU talk whatsoever. Sonny Dykes came in, and he really took care of this team. He has some fantastic coaching skills. We've seen it throughout every single game. The cardiac horn frogs, if you will, because there has been multiple times this season where they had the, have had the comeback in the second half to win. The only loss, the only damper on this season was a loss in the Big 12 championship to Kansas State, which was a very close game indeed. They took care of Michigan in the college football semifinals. Sonny Dykes gets the coach of the year award. I I mean, you can't. How can you not give it to him? He did everything that was needed to do to get himself to the national championship, Steve. He did. You know, and I we said this. Uh, the last time we were talking, we were doing the recap of the game. Uh, this is the best coaching job that I can remember, at least over the last 20, 25 years, uh, of any Division One coach. N- the, never mind that it's his first year, that this is his first year. You know, he got hired away from SMU. And it, it, it's just amazing. And the, the, I think the thing that gets overlooked, because he's done so many marvelous things, he and his staff, during the course of the seasons. He know he knew right away that he was going to need to recruit specific types of players through the transfer portal if TCU was going to maximize, you know, its potentials on the offensive side of the ball. I think he he brought in some great players to shore up the defense, some nice supplemental pieces along the O line, and 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 you know, in the roster in general. So. People overlook that. You know, people are too quick to criticize or debate whether their transfer portal is good or bad. No, not enough people are, take, are taking the time to stop and say, well, you know what? TCU has done a great job with the, with the transfer portal, and they picked the players that they wanted. And as I alluded to earlier, we already have three guys from Alabama committed to TCU. And I want to say they've got seven commitments already, you know, so uh, Sonny Dykes, he sees the big picture. It's not just win this year. I mean, he's he's winning this year, but he's also regenerating a culture there at TCU. I mean, back when I was a kid, TCU was, I mean, they weren't a dominant program, but I mean, they, they had some moments, you know, I mean, they were in the same conference with Texas and Oklahoma and everything, so they got overlooked. But TCU has a football tradition, and he's just turning this into uh, something to look forward to over the next couple of years, not just here at the championship game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for TCU after this game on Monday, but I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, but Dykes, I mean, obviously... This is a true classic case of you can't beat them, hire him because he went and they he went and got TC went and got Sonny Dykes from SMU after three winning seasons and two back to back wins over TCU. The first time that has happened with SMU beating TCU two times in a row since the 92 93 season, that's exactly what they did. TCU said, Well, if we can't beat Sonny Dykes, let's go ahead and hire him. And so far, that's looking really good for them. Whether the result is a win or loss on Monday night. 
Sonny Dykes is doing some fantastic thing. History has already been made for him in the TCU squad. They're the first team in Big 12 history to go 12 and 0 as a with a first year coach. So Sonny Dykes has, I think, is solidifying himself as a very good coach in moving forward. Maybe a coach of for a very long time with the Horn Frogs. Let's talk about Kirby Smart because there is a lot to talk about as well for Georgia's coach. There, he's turning Georgia into. Maybe this decade's Alabama, if you will. And I mm-hmm. feel like that is no, I think that, I feel like that is a really fair assessment. I mean, if you look at in the seven seasons that Kirby Smart has coached at Georgia, he hardly has five SEC East titles. He has three SEC championships. He's three and oh in the college football, some are college football playoffs so far. Uh, and he's already got his 80th win. There's a lot of good things from Kirby Smart here. When you look at him, you have to put him in the category of best coaches in all of college football and there's probably not many that you can argue against him at this moment in time about being the best the absolute best in all of college football uh yeah you know and the great thing about him is that not only he had he adjusts in game but he also adjusts to the roster that he has I mean, not everything always works out on the recruiting trails, but certainly Georgia is chock full of, you know, five and four star recruits. Uh, He brings in people, but again, sort of like what Dykes did, specific people through the transfer portal. And if there's an injury that happens, he, he just adjusts the game plan, even in game. If there's an injury in the second quarter, he already within before like the third quarter begins here, he already has his team prepared to adjust for that and, and adjusting his play calling according to that. So Kirby smart deserves every accolade that has been heaped upon him. And I've begun to wonder if I really thought that this was not a championship contending team throughout the year, but just kind of, Dicking deep as we have here during the playoffs, doing the previews and the game recaps, and now the championship preview. I'm wondering if this might not be his best team. And perhaps, certainly, I think it might be his best coaching job, but I, I, this might be his best team. It's just not as flashy, you know, or, or, or star laden as some of the other championship teams have been. I completely agree. Talking about solidifying your legacy as a coach, when you talk about Sonny Dykes, if Kirby Smart gets another national championship for Georgia in back-to-back years, especially when last year was the first national championship for Georgia since 1980, uh, I mean, that's saying something. Kirby Smart has already gave himself probably a statue somewhere on campus. I'm sure that this is going to be a bigger statue, maybe with a waterfall involved if uh, if he gets the win on Monday night. All right, or a U.S. Senate one. nomination. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that can always come into play, too. Uh, (laughs) All right. So um, with that being said, we have a very good game ahead of us right now. Georgia is a pretty high favorite on the spread. We're going to get to that in a minute when we talk about our predictions. But when we talk about this, I'm leaning towards Georgia. You're leaning towards TCU. Yes, we are split here on Slasher U. So with that being said, we are going to break this down. Stephen, I'll let you go first. And we each have three reasons why we believe that their team can win the national championship. I'm going to start with you with Steve first. A number one reason why you think TCU can win the whole damn thing on Monday night. I think 
perhaps the biggest edge that TCU has in this game is special teams play. You know, they have, you know, with Darius Davis, they have one of the premier punt returners in the country. Uh, he already has two punt returns for touchdowns. He's not one that easily calls a fair catch. So he's going to try to, to gain you yards. And even if he's not running it into the end zone, he's setting up his offense to push the ball into the end zone with relative ease, not having to march 80, 90 yards down the field. Now he's averaging just under 15 yards. Um, well, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I take that back. George is giving up just under 15 yards per punt return and he is averaging over 18. So I think potentially as far as a, the battle for field position, and that's one of those things that sometimes gets overlooked, uh, in big games, I think that gives them the edge. Now, the Georgia punter is one in a in a in a increasingly longer line of Australian rules football youth going to what they call the Pro Kicking Academy over there in Melbourne, and then coming over and playing professional football. You know, I mean, college football as a punter that gives Georgia sort of like an antidote to Davis in that Thompson can give hang time and get distance. Sometimes you have to sacrifice hang time, sacrifice distance for hang time or vice versa. His style of kicking, that Australian rules football style of kicking, kind of gives gives him both. Uh, He has had 18 fair catches on his punts. He's pinned the team deep in the territory, I mean, 15, 16 times during the course of the year. So again, it's sort of like a a battle within that. But I think the special teams, especially the the, the kick returning and the punt returning, could really uh, give TCU an advantage. Plus their their kicker, I mean, Griffin Kell, forget about running on the field, you know, and then within three seconds and setting up and kicking a game-winning field goal, putting that amazing thing aside and the fact that they actually practiced that. I mean, that's the thing that blew my mind. How do you think of practicing something like that? But they did. They had it covered. You know, he's kicked about 89% success. He's seven for seven from 40 to 49 yards. And I think that is really big. So because Georgia has a defense that can sometimes bend but doesn't often break. But if they can get in, you know, where it's between a 40 and a 50-yard field goal, I mean, he's perfect on the year. He does have one from 55. But overall, I mean, if you're kicking at that kind of high percentage, uh, that also gives you a weapon going in. Now, the other big key for me is is the Max Duggan to Quinton Johnston connection. You know, because, and I mean, I looked at it and I was surprised that he only had six receiving touchdowns. But that's not what makes this partnership, this connection so special. Big plays when they need a first down, especially because TCU is not afraid to go for it on fourth down. That's the guy that Max Duggan is looking for. I mean, mean, they have have a terrific running back in Miller. I mean, he's a a great running back. And and yes, he makes big plays. But Quentin Johnson sets up the touchdowns. It's it's almost like the centerman in hockey where he's dishing that pass 
it's at the right time. And then uh, the, the shooter as a wide open thing, that's really what Johnson brings to this offense. So if Duggan and Johnson can continue to make connections, and if there is any weakness in the Bulldogs defense, and I say that word, I use that word, uh, not really thinking there's a huge weakness, but if you're going to exploit something, it may be the secondary. The secondary would be the weakest part of um, the Georgia defense, I think. But that's like saying, well, you know, the sirloin steak is not as good as filet mignon or, or a ribeye. That's true. But so sirloin steak is awfully, awfully good, too, and it's high grade. So, I, I, I mean, I'm not saying that the Georgia Bulldog are going to be giving up a lot of yards, you know, through the air. But certainly in the Ohio State game, you know, I mean, they, they gave up, you know, Stroud found ways, you know, in the seams and downfield uh, to, to get scores and get big yardage. So I so I guess you could say that there is a vulnerability there. But you have Duggan and Johnson. It, it, it's a special pairing. And um, I, I think that is the big weapon. And the third one is more esoteric. And it's that. TCU just doesn't ever seem blinded by the bright lights or phased by pressure or get flustered. You know, they, they just find a way to get it done. And people forget they played a really difficult schedule. They had five wins against rank opponents this year. You know, you and I, Christian, have been talking about the Big 12 and how it really is top to bottom, the best conference in college football this season. But, I mean, they got the job done. Yes, sometimes it was hairy. It was there was a double overtime win against Oklahoma State. You know, uh, it was the, the running onto the field field goal against Baylor. That, that New Year's Eve game, yes, they jumped out ahead, but they, they, they had to hold tight and hold late. They did not blink. They did not freeze. They did not, dare I say, Ohio State it. Okay, they they did not let the big moments fluster them. Testament to the coaching staff. Testament to the quality of players that are there. Testament to their Heisman runner-up quarterback and, and Max Duggan. It is across the board. TCU is not going to let expectations or crowd noise or anything take away from what they have to get done on the field. So even if they would fall behind early, I really think that TCU uh, is going to be capable and I'm not going to be nervous unless it's really like 35, nothing at the half or something, but I don't see that happening. I, I just don't see that as being an issue for TCU. TCU is going to be in this game until the gun goes off. I'm with you. Even though I'm leading on the Georgia side, I'm with you completely with all those key points. I think if they can fire on all cylinders with, like you said, they have a really good chance of staying in this one and finding a way to win. And that's exactly the, the key phrase that I should say is find a way to win because all season long, that's exactly what we've seen with TCU. They have found a way to win, Steve. I like your first point about special teams because we have just saw just in the Cotton Bowl. It wasn't the semifinals, wasn't college football playoffs, but in the Cotton Bowl with USC and Tulane, we saw a very crucial moment with special teams that completely changed the game. That brought Tulane right back into it. USC had a boneheaded move with a kick return, fumbled it, went out the one-yard line, happened to be a safety. Tulane got the ball back and scored very quick. 
I know you were leaning more towards the other side of special teams, punting and kicking. However, yeah, special teams is very important. And I think that uh, goes very unnoticed most of the time, especially when you talk about the high powered offenses and the big defenses that we have that are going to be on display on Monday night. You know, hey, Georgia let up a lot of yards and a lot of points to Ohio State. And you can make the argument that they have one of the top offenses. And some people will even say that's the best offense in all college football. TCU is right up there, too. We have seen Mm -hmm. some explosive offense with TCU all season long. We saw it against Michigan. Wouldn't be surprised if we saw it against Georgia as well. I like your points. I I think they make you make a very fair assessment of all of them. I'm going to do my very best to rebuttal them right now. My (laughs) key points, my three takeaways here, the three keys for Georgia and how they need to act and how they need to perform to win the national championship back-to-back for the first time uh, in a very long time. Uh, And we need to see that happened the way number one is they have to start off fast and this is my thought process behind this in the middle of the season there was a two game stretch between kent state and missouri and i know those when you hear those teams you're like wait what georgia had struggled with those teams yes they did they struggled with kent state at one point and they really struggled with missouri in back-to-back weeks i'm going to focus more on the missouri game because they took care of kent state they figured it out but missouri it really was a uh, a heart a heartbeat game. They really just found a way to just sneak out of there with a win. They had no they had no reason to win that game. They found a way to do it though. However, they started off very slow. They had six points in the first half. They had twelve points after the third quarter. They did not score a touchdown until halfway through the fourth quarter, where they scored two enough to take the lead over and win twenty six to twenty two. That cannot happen against a team as explosive as TCU. No way. No how. No way. Absolutely. Missouri is not a good as even though they're in the SEC, they're not TCU. Okay, there's a reason why Missouri did not finish um, (laughs) in the college football playoffs. You know, they did not do very well this season. Um, They found a way to make a bowl. Fantastic. But you finished six and seven on the year. So they have to start off fast. At least they can't they can't have multiple four nows or three nows. They can't have multiple turnovers. Obviously, turnovers are huge. Uh, Either side, you look at it. But they have to get some points on the board uh, right off the bat. I think first dry, first possession, second possession at the very least, you got to be putting points on the board if you're talking about Georgia uh, against this team like TCU. That's my first point. I think that is crucial for a team against TCU. Number two, mine kind of leans exactly towards what yours is doing when you talked about Max Dugan and Quentin Johnson. Well, mine's Stenson Bennett and Brock Bowers. Okay, so... First, let's talk about Stetson Bennett. He has been absolutely electric. Talk about a walk-on and then gets a chance to not have two national championships on his belt once this season is over. That's incredible uh, for this guy. And he just balls. There has been multiple times this season where we've gone on the air and talked about Georgia. And then we've talked about an amazing play that Stetson Bennett has and then said that's probably the top highlight of the season so far. When I think of like the run against Tennessee or I think about some of the big plays he made against Ohio State or just just some amazing plays. This guy can ball. He can find a way to keep Georgia in the game if something goes awry. Stenson Bennett can do that. Brock Bowers is his his key guy. I mean, he can catch he can catch passes without even looking or with one hand. We saw it against Tennessee. I mean, the guy is absolutely incredible. He's going to be a, an absolute unit when he gets at the next level on Sundays. If those two find a way to take off or if they can't be stopped, if Bowers cannot be stopped, TCU is in trouble. T- 
he's used in a lot of trouble uh, with this one. I know Quentin Johnson's a, an X factor. Brock Bowers is the X factor, I think, in this football game. And third, and I don't think this is, I don't think this is third, but not least. I think this is might be the most important one, and and that is looking at TCU's offensive line versus Georgia's defensive line. If TCU can find a way to stop Georgia's defensive line, TCU's in a very good spot. But I think that's a very hard task. That might be the hardest task to to do the entire night in this football game. When you look at who's on that defensive line for Georgia, what they did against Ohio State with their simulated blitzes and their pressure and their disguise coverages, they do a very good job at at playing defense. And even though they do have some struggles on the secondary side, um, if you have the pick weakness, like you said, and I like your analogy about stakes, it's a good one. I just, if you can't find a way to stop that front seven, really that front four, you're in a lot of trouble. So that's my thoughts there. They need to have a good game from Stenson Bennett. Brock Bowers needs to step up. They got to score it fast. And that defensive line needs to cause havoc. All things that we've seen from Georgia all season long. So when you think about it, it's, it makes you really think, man, this team can do that. We saw it against Ohio State. We saw it against SEC play all season long. Georgia has, I think this is why Vegas has probably has some such a high odds and why everybody's talking in the media as can TCU quote unquote upset Georgia because there's just so many factors leaning towards the Bulldogs in this one as to why they should win and not a lot of why they sh- you think they might lose this one, Steve. Yeah, you know, I mean, you made a great point about the disguise, you know, coverages that they employed and, and they, they've done that in all the big games. I think the difference in the comparison is that Max Duggan can read and adjust, you know, even after the ball snapped, I think he makes better adjustments than Stroud does. I think Stroud executes plays as they are. I don't know other than trying to run with his legs that he can go with the flow of a play. So I think Georgia really did have him flustered at times. I don't think we're going to see that with Duggan. Uh, and, you know, the Bowers point, boy, that that, that was a ter- that was a terrific point. And, and, and I was saying that it was Darius Davis that could really be the difference in this game. But you got to put you got to put Bowers right there with him. I, I mean, I agree. I mean, he is just a difference maker any time that he's healthy and any time that he's on the field. So I, th- I thought you made some great points. I mean, I I think mine are better, though. Though, though again, if, if you noticed on the screen, there's a little white thing. We're simulating like the football god striking me dead if I say something stupid <laughs> in this comparison. And they're getting really close to me a couple of times ah, if you're good. watching there on, on YouTube. But uh, but no, I mean it's and really, you know, we're down to the two best teams in the country. Yeah. And we're down to the final championship game. So we're like having to really nitpick on little things that's going on. And and what we haven't said in any of this is this is just going to be a damn great football game. I I just I I cannot imagine this game getting out of hand for too long. I'm not saying there couldn't be a big rush of momentum and one team or the other, you know, jump out ahead. But um and I, I, one of the things I was going to say about how TCU could lose the game, it kind of went hand in hand with you saying Georgia has to come out early. TCU always comes out hard early. They can't play a conservative 
uh, game and try to feel out what the Georgia defense is doing because Georgia's going to make adjustments with within the within the half, not just even at halftime. Within the half, they're going to make adjustments and, and they're they're, they're going to show different blitz packages and everything. So I think TCU just needs to come out and do what they've done all year long, no matter who they were playing. It didn't matter to to Sunday Dykes and the Horn Frogs who they were playing. They're going to play their game or execute their game plan. Sure, they'll make adjustments, you know, in game and whatever it would be. But I mean, TCU cannot come out and try to play conservatively if they do they're going to put themselves in a hole not necessarily on the scoreboard but it's going to take them time to get their traction if they try to play a different game what would you think christian that would cause the georgia would do that would cost them this game turnovers absolutely has to be turnovers and i know that might be a cop-out but because as i stated earlier because we've seen just this team act I mean, there's been moments where they've almost been perfect on the field with their defensive prowess and how just uh, outstanding their defense is and just how Stenson Bennett can really take the, the game in his hands uh, and take over whenever he can. If there's if it comes down to it where Stenson Bennett has a bad game, throws a couple picks, and TCU starts winning the time of possession and, and they get some points off the turnovers, Georgia's going to be in trouble because I don't know – We've seen Sense and Bennett come back from some some turnovers. We've had we've seen that happen. He's had some issues uh, in in some of his games in the past. I know he had a hard time against Florida this year. However, um, it, TCU is is playing all out. They got nothing to lose here. You know they're they're the underdog. They know it. They you can't give them any ounce of breath. And if if, if turnovers happen from Sense and Bennett or some fumbles maybe on the offensive side from rushing or whatever it is. Uh, I think that is going to be the absolute game changer. I know it might sound like a cop-out, but I think that is really, truly the biggest issue that Georgia could face in this one. Uh, are they prone to committing turnovers? I, I know we've, this. We've seen it at some points. It's not yeah. like we've seen it. We, we haven't seen it in the huge games. Like We didn't see it too much in Tennessee. Right. Right. We didn't see it too much in the LSU game or the, uh, or the other games, but we did see it against Florida. Uh, and I know that was a couple games back. It was before the Tennessee game, but there was moments in that Florida game where you thought Florida had a chance, at least in the first half. It will sense and Bennett. I know he's had kryptonite with Florida. So, I mean, that I feel like that might not be the fairest assessment, but he threw two picks in that one. He didn't look the greatest. They had three turnovers. They were negative three to turnover battle because Florida didn't have any turnovers. They still found a way to win by 22. Um, so, but, but this is not Florida. This is TCU. So, that's that's where I lean towards here is is turnovers. If Stenson Bennett can keep his picks to one or zero, I think they're in good hands. I think if you can, and especially if Georgia can get a turnover as well. If you're talking about the turnover margin, I think the winner of this ball game has it not only wins the turnover margin, but probably wins it by two, like something like that. It's going to be like a plus two turnover margin to the winner. I think turnovers are really going to be key because both these offenses. Even as stellar as the Georgia defense and as good as TCU defense has been at moments so far this year, both of these offenses can just go back and forth. And we kind of saw it in the, the semifinals. I mean, we each team, uh, each team scored in the 40s and 50s. They let up 40 and 50 points. So I, I think that we can see this just going back and forth offensively. If somebody shows an opportunity that if that's a miss and becomes a turnover, that could just be the deciding factor. I really think that could be the deciding factor. Okay, so now, now if you're going to the betting tables, I'm actually picking up my phone now. All right, awesome. So let me give you that spread here. Minus 12 and a half for Georgia. 
as we go into this game on Monday night, 7.30 Eastern ESPN, number three TCU taking on number one Georgia, the college football national championship presented by AT&T. Got all of that in there for you. Minus 12 and a half. That's an interesting one, especially when you look at how they played in the college football semifinals. Over under is also 62 and a half as well. I, I feel like that's kind of low, especially just because I just said, I mean, TCU scored 51. They allowed 45. They had 96 points in their semifinal. And for the Georgia-Ohio State game, that final was 42-41, 83 points uh, in there. So you're talking a 96 and an 83-point football game in the semifinals. And then you go into the final game, and you're thinking the over-under is only going to be 62 and a half. I'm leaning towards the over in this one. I think that's a pretty easy bet in my mind, especially because I think at the end it's going to be a shootout. There's going to be somebody, you know, it's going to go back and forth. Uh, defenses might get tired, whatever it is. I don't see it even touching 62 and a half. We might be at 62 and a half by the end of the third quarter. Minus 12 and a half, though, Steve. This is one of those that's an interesting one. I think Georgia's going to win this game. Now, for the record, I'm rooting for TCU because I do want TCU to win. I'd love to see the underdog. I'd love to see them get their first one since 1938. I just don't think it happens. Okay. I also, for the record, also thought Michigan was going to be TCU. So um, take that as you will, TCU fans. You've already proved me wrong once so far this playoff, so let's see if you can do it again. I am going to take TCU at the points here, though, because I don't think even if Georgia wins this football game that they win by 13 points and the spread's 12 and a half. Just based on what we've seen from this TCU squad, they find ways to win. And if that means that even if they lose this ball game, you're gonna they're going to crawl right on back into uh-huh. this one and make it close. So my betting picks for this national championship game, I'm going to take TCU at the points, so plus 12 and a half, and I'm going to take the over on this one. So I would I would easily pl- play, if I'm going to do a same-game parlay, I'd easily play a P2 on both of those and feel very confident with that. Yeah, you know, and again, I, I placed my bet as, as, as you were talking and was going on there. I definitely went the over. I, I, I'm, I, I guess... They're thinking because it's a championship game that maybe some of the, and I hate to even say that they're gambles with these two teams because they they just know sometimes that they can make the big pass or break a big run, and and, and I, so I I don't think they're they're going to be hesitant. So I definitely went you know the over on that, and of course obviously I took TCU you know um, and the points. I mean that that was for me that was like the the biggest no brainer bet of the season so far. Now let's throw the spreads out. Who are you picking? Georgia. Yeah, I think yeah. Georgia wins the game here. And if I had to do a score prediction. I say Georgia wins by three. Like, I think it's that close. I think it's a very close game. I don't know if it's a game-winning field goal or whatever it is, or TCU drives at the end and it just doesn't get, it doesn't happen, whatever the case may be. But Georgia wins by three. That's my thought process on this one. And I'm going TCU outright. I think TCU wins it outright. I think it's going to be maybe even less than a field goal. I I think it could be a one-point win where it comes down to either a two point conversion or Ooh. somebody miss, missing an extra point. I mean, I really think it's, it's, that's what it's going to come down to where whatever, you know, maybe TCU is behind and goes for two and it gets them that extra point. So I, uh, I would be shocked if it was more than a field. I would be absolutely shocked if the, if the difference is more than a field goal, but I, I'm taking TCU outright. I, I really believe 
uh, what I see in this game are the same things that you and I have been talking about all season long here on Slasher U. TCU knows how to win football. Not only do they make the big plays, they know how to win. And sometimes really talented teams, <coughs> Ohio State, don't know how to win. And I think TCU, this team under Sonny Dykes and his coaching staff, they know how to win. And they practice just about every possible scenario. And I'm sure they've done this all in the lead up to the championship game. So it's TCU outright. I like it. I like it. Let us know your thoughts. Who do you think is going to win this game? Will it be TCU getting their first college football national championships since 1938? Or we're going to see back-to-back champion Georgia Bulldog, um, who won their first national championship last season since 1980, going for back-to-back. Kirby Smart trying to define his legacy here. It's going to be a fantastic game. I'll be very disappointed if this is a blowout, but I just don't see that happening any way, shape, or form. We're going to see this one at SoFi Stadium, 71,000 people strong. Again, on Monday night, 7.30 Eastern time on ESPN. We'll have you covered here once the game the game is over for the National Championship. We'll have you covered at the winner. We'll get your full breakdowns here at Slasher U. Steve, anything else to stop here or anything else you got to say before we let this one go? Well, you know, it popped in my head because we didn't. Who do you think is the player of the game? Ooh. Well, if I'm leaning towards Georgia... I'm going to say I want to go the easy route and say Stenson Bennett. But I, like I said, I think the X factor is Brock Bowers. So I'm going to say it's Brock Bowers. How about you? Uh, uh, well, I, you have to go Max Duggan, even though I yeah, really yeah. think, you know, and unless, you know, Baker breaks, you know, a couple of punt returns for touchdowns or whatever, I, I, it's got to be Max Duggan. Uh, I, I, he's, he's the heartbeat of the team. He, he's what keeps everything flowing. So e- even though he's got a lot of talent surrounding him, uh, if TCU wins this game, um, I see uh, he being the player of the game. I love it. I love it. I think this is going to be a great game. I haven't been this excited about a national championship game in a very long time. As we stated, after when we talked about the, the recapping of the college football semifinals, I think we have the two best teams in this yes. matchup. And I think we are going to be very excited. We're going to have a absolute treat on Monday night. We hope you join us as we recap this game on Monday night. Enjoy the college football championship game. This should be a dandy and come on back to slasher. You when it's done, we'll have you covered here. Thanks for listening.